0: Mouse Planeteers, and welcome to Mouse Station in orbit around Mouse Planet. I'm Mike Demopoulos, a former Walt Disney World cast member,
1: and I'm Mark Goldhaber, editor and staff writer here at MousePlanet.com. This is episode number fifty-eight for Wednesday, September nineteenth,
0: two thousand seven. Welcome to the podcast. Just about every weekday, we broadcast live from this orbital outpost, bringing the latest from the world of Mouse
1: Planet. You can send us feedback by sending email to podcast at mouseplanet.com or by calling our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. We love it when you call the feedback line because then we can play your call
0: on the show. And now, on with the show. Mouse Station Featured Topic
1: This week, we are going to have Steve Barrett on, but... Due to a death in the family, we're recording a day early so that I can travel tomorrow, and Steve wasn't available tonight. So, he has graciously agreed to reschedule, and will be with us on a later show. In the meantime, today we're going to talk about the end of spontaneity in trips to Walt Disney World. It used to be that when you travel to Walt Disney World, you didn't have too much of a problem. You could get yourself a room at a Disney hotel... You could go and pick what park you wanted to go to and wander around and decide what ride you were going to hit next and, you know, make a dining reservation for later that day or even just walk up and have a place to eat. But more and more, it seems that you have to plan out every aspect of your trip in advance right down to where you're going to be at any given moment and... It's kind of disheartening to me because I liked the ability to just wander around. So, let's, let's uh, start by taking a look at the first thing to cause a major problem, which is the inability to get dining reservations frequently. For example, during the free dining period, if you're going to be traveling at that time, and you don't make your dining reservations at least 30 to 60 days in advance, there's a good chance that you're not going to be able to eat at a sit-down restaurant during your trip. In fact, Disney has gone so far as to add buffet meals at normally counter-service restaurants just so that people can use their table service dining credits. They've even extended hours at other restaurants. It's become very difficult to get in anywhere, especially during the free dining periods, but also at any time when it's really crowded. What do you think, Mike?
0: I would have to agree. You know, you'd have to plan out where you're going to eat generally, but I am still under the impression that you can find a resort to sit down dining if you're not very picky pretty much any time of the year, even on day of, but in park dining, you really got to plan ahead, and that's kind of a shame because... I remember when I first started going to Disney World when I was, you know, younger than when I am now. And we would just walk up to restaurants. And then I remember the first trip where it became more and more difficult to walk in. And the whole thing of priority seating started and um, all that pre-planning. It was kind of disheartening, but yet kind of fun to be looking at the gui- a guidebook 60 to 90 days in advance trying to figure out what restaurant we wanted to eat at Disney MGM studios on the Tuesday of the trip. I mean, even at home,
1: I don't know from day to day what I want for dinner that day, let alone the next day, let alone the next month. So it used to be that there was no such thing as advanced reservations, It used to be...
0: Except for a couple exceptions, of course, like Victorian Alberts.
1: Well, we're going back even before that. I remember when Epcot first opened, you used to be able to first get your dining reservations that morning. When the park opened, everybody would race over to Earth Station at the back of Spaceship Earth, where there were interactive screens with, I believe four to six dining reservations cast members on the other end who were actually on a video camera so you could see the person that you were talking to, and you would make your dining reservations for that day. Uh, Then they added the World Key Stations where you could do it at locations other than Earth Station. Then I remember when people who were staying on property were able to make the reservations the night before. So that was a special benefit if you are staying on property. You could make your reservation the night before. Now you're making your reservations six months in advance. It's getting really outlandish to try to figure out what you're having for dinner six months from now. And if you don't make a decision more than three months in advance, you got a good chance of not getting where you want to eat.
0: Well, the days are gone, you know. To be saying like, "Oh, what do you feel like?" It's more like, "Okay, let's look at the restaurants." Okay, do you like Italian? Yeah, I like Italian. Okay, let's book an Italian restaurant. You know, you might not feel like Italian that day, but gosh darn it, you're going to have Italian that day if that's not you booked. So, it's as, again, just the, as we were saying, it
1: is. the spontaneity is gone.
0: On the other hand. Universal Studio Walk, because no one ever goes there, you can walk into any of their wonderful restaurants. (laughs) But we're not going to cover that.
1: No. Uh, Another way that spontaneity has been disappearing is with hotel reservations. It's getting harder and harder to get the reservations as Disney is trying harder and harder to fill every room night at every resort. I made my reservation for my October research trip, And just for kicks, I decided to go and check to see what the price would be at a different resort. And I went out to the Disney website, and I went to check on a reservation, just to price it out. And there was nothing available for that weekend. Not a single room. In October... Yes, it was a three-day weekend, but it was a three-day weekend in October, and there were no rooms available. I mean, how can you not be able to get a room anywhere on property in, in what's traditionally a low season? It's getting harder and harder to find these deals as Disney is getting harder and harder to find a room without a deal as Disney does whatever it needs to do to fill every room on property between the pass holder and Florida resident discounts and the regular package discounts that they provide you can very easily say okay I want to go next month and not be able to go and at least not be able to go and stay on property so again you know it's it's getting harder to at least for those of us who can on occasion afford it, to go at on a last minute trip to Disney and still stay on property.
0: And that's just simply because of the deals. And to Disney's credit, you know, they are getting those guest numbers, but it is hard to do the say like, hey, let's go to Disney World next weekend on like a last minute special and be able to stay on property. Which, you know, as the commercials say, if you're gonna do Disney, you gotta stay at Disney. I mean if I had a really good deal, would I stay off property? Yes, I would. But is the experience a lot? And I have, but is the experience a lot different? Oh, it's extremely different. It, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a bad vacation, but it just feels not the same. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've stayed off property, you know, up by Sand Lake Road, on International Drive, on One Ninety Two, but I have not stayed off property. Probably over a decade because, you know, I just prefer staying on property. But if I want to go and have a uh, an on-property trip at the last minute, that's not happening anymore. Uh, or even at the le- a month in advance. I mean, I'm glad that I know where I'm staying in October because otherwise I wouldn't be able to make my trip.
0: And it's... And this is not the first time it's happened. I mean, I know when, when the Hurricane Wilma was coming in. Now, yes, I know it's Hurricane Wilma. So a lot of people were booking rooms. But still, you know, my grandmother and mother were coming in, and they couldn't find a room for the tail end of the trip when the hurricane was set to come. And this was a good week before it was actually set to hit land in the Orlando area. And, you know, they couldn't find a room, and they had to book off property amazingly, when I called cast member reservations, thank goodness Disney held a lot of rooms for cast members, and I just booked into one of those, but, I mean, and they already had a reservation, so if their flight's cancelled, it was cancelled for four days if they're on property, you know, it turned out to be okay, but Disney had to turn some people away sometimes. Now, that rarely ever happened, but, gosh, you know, it's, if it's that full, it's a lot harder to move stuff around. Yep. And,
1: Then with the increased difficulty in getting hotel reservations, of course, that indicates that your crowd levels are higher as well. So the ability to just decide, even in low season, oh, we're going to go see this attraction, and we'll see that attraction, and, well, yeah, we'll decide afterwards what we're going to do next, doesn't always work anymore, because even in the low season, the crowds can get pretty large. So more and more people are needing to... Use the touring plans uh, from touringplans.com, the unofficial guide, or from RideMax or from Tour Guide Mike or anybody else that's selling touring plans. I am not going to speak as to the relative quality of the touring plans, as I have not used any of them. But it's you know people are having to plan out more and more what their path is going to be in order to be able to see. As many attractions as they can, because the crowds will tend to cause you to not see all that many attractions otherwise now, since <laughs> lately with my trips i've only gone on a couple of attractions per trip uh, it's not affecting me quite as much. I spend more time walking around and looking at things and talking to people, but it's it's really kind of sad to see that you can't just choose your direction and choose your future, if you will, making the theme park interactive. Now the theme park is just a background where you're following a map that's telling you what you need to do and where you need to go if you're going to see these things and all of a sudden it becomes almost a forced death march if you're going to be able to see everything you want to see and that takes a lot of the fun out. I mean a lot of the fun of the parks is the spontaneity. You know, you're you're going over here and you decide, "Well, let's take a look over here." And on your way, you say, "Oh, look, here's some live entertainment. Let's stick around and listen and watch it." And Now you can't do that because, oh, we're going to be behind on our touring plan and we're going to miss this and we're not going to be able to finish out our plan for the rest of the day. And now with, as we were talking about for the entire show last week, the ability to do advanced fast pass reservations possibly on the horizon, all of a sudden now you're mapping out even more. That even if you want to try to go without doing a touring plan, but if the fast passes are going to be given out in advance, then all of a sudden you're going to have more difficulty in choosing things spontaneously. Because all of a sudden, if you want to do a fast pass attraction, then all of a sudden you've got to make your fast pass reservations in advance, or you're not going to be able to go on them, or you're going to have to wait in a huge line. So the, the new fast pass is, again, contributing to the end of spontaneity in theme park visits because even if you want to be able to make a decision that day as you walk into the park your choices may be limited just as your dining choices are limited because of all the people making advanced dining reservations and your hotel choices are limited because of all the deals selling out the hotels now all of a sudden you're not going to be able to pick your attractions the same day either because you're going to have to pick them out in advance, make your FastPass reservation, or you're going to be stuck in a two-hour line somewhere,
0: especially with the increasing
1: crowd levels.
0: This FastPass thing, I mean, I, I guess I can understand it, but I mean, its I'm not looking forward to it because it's going to completely dictate, you know, the way you tour. And let's look at MouseFest, for example, Mark. I mean, it's incredibly possible that I could do MouseFest this year and become imperfectly content without even entering the theme, a park, you know, just because the way the meets are going. And that's what David Canik did last year. He only went to Magic Kingdom one day, even though he was on property for more than that. And, you know, in my little breaks there, I mean, I I shouldn't have to... It'll be impossible to plan for Mouse Fest, you know, and situations like that. I can almost see it that you
1: have a Mouse Fest attraction meet, and you say, everybody that wants to go to the meet... Get online on such and such a date so that you can get your Fast Pass and we can all go on the attraction together. And if you don't get online and get your Fast Pass for the attraction, you can't go to the meet. You can't change your mind and say, Oh, you know, I'd really like to go to this meet. You can't because you don't have a Fast Pass. You didn't get it two days in advance or whatever it is you need to do. You know, you can't not, spontaneously decide, I'm going to go and do this.
0: And that's not necessarily a good thing. Another thing that stops about spontaneity is the whole magic your way ticketing system yes i know it lets you customize tickets the way you like to do it as listeners of the podcast know i hate magic your way i don't think it's a good ticketing option in some respects other respects i think it's really good anyway that being said you have to kind of think oh do i want a park hop? do i not want a park hop? you know do i want to Am I going to be going to Downtown Disney? So how many nights? Am I going to go to the water park? Ooh, do I want to do Disney Quest? Or what about Pleasure Island? What's there to do at Pleasure Island? Am I going to go to Pleasure Island? Uh, You know, things like that. I mean, yes, that also kind of kills the spontaneity with it too because it kind of dictates what your other side of the entertainment is going to be. Park hopping, that's a decision that you should make before you even leave. But, you know, things like water parks and Downtown Disney attractions... Those aren't necessarily things you should be having to figure out prior. Well, yes and no. I mean, if you're
1: making a decision whether or not you're going to the water park, that's going to affect how many days in a theme park you may want. So I I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. But I will agree that the... As a matter of fact, I'll even go so far as saying that Despite the fact that they are heavily front-loading, or actually even because of the fact that they're heavily front-loading the pricing on the Magic Way tickets, it has increased the spontaneity of being able to extend. So if you say, all right, you know what? I've been here for five days and I've used all five days on the tickets that I bought despite the fact that I thought I was only going to do five days in the parks and I want to do another two days in the parks rather than going around and doing other stuff, it's only going to cost about five bucks to add two more days. So in a way, the Magic Your Way tickets allow you to easily add days on or extend days or even... You know, just buy tickets for the length of your stay because if you're if you don't go to the parks on one day, you're only losing a couple of bucks off of the ticket.
0: So Well, yes, but look at it this way. You know, you look at it, be like, Okay, I want to extend a couple days, it only costs five bucks. Okay, that's cool. But wait, will my Disney hotel be available? When I was a resort cast member there it was a rare day when someone could extend without being put on an extension waiting list. And every day when I was in the back office, we would look at the list, and there would be sometimes multiple pages for every single day for like the next four or five days to extend, you know, even further. And we would call up, we would check for the next 10 days or whatever, and call up rooms. Guess what? It's your lucky day. You're able to extend. You know, it's because the hotels are so p- booked.
1: Well, that's. Um that goes back to the hotels issue. Yes, I guess I, it does. Um, on, on the Magic Your Way tickets, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that probably actually enhances your ability to be spontaneous. Though, of course, it theref- thereby also decreases your ability to be spontaneous and decide, oh, I'm going to go spend a day at another park, at another resort. I'm going to go over to Universal or SeaWorld. You've lost that spontaneity because, well, it's a choice between another $2 for another day at Disney or a choice of $70 to, or 72 or whatever it is, including tax, to go to SeaWorld or to go to Universal for the day.
0: And it's really a shame because there are some really good attractions outside of Disney. Mark, when's the last time you went to a non-Disney park?
1: Ooh, I'm going to say maybe nineteen
0: ninety, ninety-one, something like that.
1: See, that's really
0: sad because I think you would have you ever been to Busch Gardens.
1: I was last at Busch Gardens in Tampa, probably in the seventies, I'm gonna
0: say. Or I maybe th- maybe eighty two, eighty three. You you would enjoy the new Bush Gardens. You would just you would love Discovery Cove. You know, you would you know Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure does it have some good stuff to offer? Is it the best theme park in the world? No. But, I mean, does it have some cool stuff? Heck, yeah. You know, are there some really nice restaurants? Emerald's is a great restaurant. But, and all that, you know, there's some really cool activities. Blue Man Group's going to be there. I mean, there's some really good resorts outside of Disney, and we've talked about this before, but it's you kind of stuck. You can't decide on a whim, hey, I want to go to another park because... Right, because one day it's all pass, set up.
1: a one day pass at Universal is 71 dollars plus tax, and a one day pass at SeaWorld is what is it still 69 dollars plus tax. They haven't joined Disney and Universal yet. So whatever those work yeah. out to plus tax, or including tax, you know that's a fair chunk of change for one day compared to two dollars plus tax for Disney, or for those of us with annual passes, no additional cost for another day.
0: Put it this way, because of the cost of extending another day at Universal, I mean, excuse me, of a Universal ticket when I was at Disney, I, when I went to Universal on my last trip, I had to finance it. I had to, Universal has a monthly payment plan for a day ticket. Monthly I had to payment finance plan for a day, my, day ticket? Well, it's for the, well, for the annual pass, I should say. Oh, okay, say. for an annual it's pass. The, it, it's a it's flex pay. But I mean the price difference is only about thirty dollars when you're all said and done. When I did it, it was a special. So I mean it's basically a thirty dollar finance fee. But still, you know, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people are doing the annual pass on the um flex pay option, even for SeaWorld, just to get the pay the just to be able to afford it, because eight nine dollars then is a lot better than eighty dollars or whatever it happens to be. And then if they happen to come back in a year, it works out. Right. So
1: the high incremental cost of leaving property has uh, cost the spontaneity of being able to decide that you're going to go see another park. Because everybody now is got the high prices because the one-day ticket at Disney is $71. And therefore, if their tickets aren't costing about the same, then they must be a lesser park and... Therefore, you know, the perception is that the park is not as good and people don't want to go there as much. So they try to keep pace with Disney and have the same one-day ticket price, but Disney gets you because you're going to be staying for much longer, and therefore, the price drops, the price per day drops drastically over the first few days, and then at the end, you're doing an extra $2 to add on each day, whereas you don't have a lot of multi day tickets at SeaWorld and Universal. You know, they've got two day or three day tickets and beyond that you're going to annual passes. So, you know, it it's kind of hard to do that planning. You know, it's 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 just getting harder and harder to just say, all right, we're gonna go I mean think back to when Walt first created Disneyland. And he talked about, you know, you walk up Main Street and you get to the hub, and then you've got your choice of which adventure you want. Do you want to go into Adventureland or Tomorrowland or Frontierland or Fantasyland? What adventure do you want? And you would choose, and you would go in and you'd have your adventure, and when you were done, you'd go back to the hub, and then you'd pick another adventure. And you'd be able to choose it spontaneously. But now, you know, you go in there and you already know what you're doing with military precision and you just, you know, follow that touring plan until you drop. Maybe it's just me, but it's just really disappointing that the spontaneity is gone in how you tour, in where you eat, in where you stay. It's just not there anymore. And... I don't know. I I miss those days. I really do. I suppose that, you know, time marches on and nothing stays the same. And, well, you know, this is, you know, what you have to do to plan a Disney vacation now. But, uh, you know, call me an old fuddy duddy, but I miss the simpler times.
0: Well, times have changed. And it's definitely, I don't know if it's a good thing. You know, it's changed for all, the world has changed overall for everything. But, I mean,. But, I mean, seriously, it's just... It's... Ugh. I like to. I like the spontaneity of being able to go into the land area and do what I want and not be forced into Disney. I love Disney. Do I stay there most of the time? Well, yeah, mostly because I have to. If it wasn't set up like this, I'd probably do more things in the Lander area. I lived in the Lander area. There's a lot of good stuff to do, and it's a shame that most visitors don't get a chance to experience it.
1: All right, so what do you folks think? Do you enjoy being able to plan everything out and having the challenge of seeing everything with finding the best touring plan? Or would you rather be able to make spontaneous decisions and do you miss the ability to tour spontaneously and eat spontaneously? Let us know. Send us feedback to podcast at mouseplanet.com. Or call our toll-free voicemail at 1-866-939-2278. Now, another bit of feedback that we're looking for is that we've had positive feedback on the new format of shorter, more frequent shows with Mouse Station three times a week and Mouse Planet Watch on Thursday, and we're still maintaining three feeds, one for Mouse Station only, one for Mouse Planet Watch only, and one for both combined, but We're trying to decide whether to merge the feeds and return to a single feed with all shows, uh, getting rid of the individual Mouse Planet Watch and Mouse Station feeds and just continuing with the combined feed. Now, we're going to make this decision based on listener feedback. We would have four shows per week on one feed. Let us know what you think. If you're a Mouse Station listener and you don't listen to Mouse Planet Watch and you're not interested in hearing the news every week, let us know. If you're a Mouse Planet Watch listener that's just listening to this Mouse Station episode spontaneously and you don't want the shows to be merged, let us know. If you listen to both and it would be no skin off your back because you're already getting the combined feed, let us know that. In any case, you can let us know at podcast at mouseplanet.com or calling the toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. And, of course, don't forget that we love voicemails because then we can put your voice on the show.
0: You can submit your magical moments to stories at mouseplanet.com or on our toll-free feedback line. Stories will also be considered for inclusion on the Mouse Planet website.
1: Now, if you're listening to us through iTunes... Be sure to go out to the iTunes podcast directory, give us a good rating, and vote on the helpfulness of the other ratings. The better we do in the ratings, more people can find us and join the fun here at Mouse Station. Before we go, we wanted to remind you that we have confirmed our Mouse Fest meet for the podcast. Join us at Disney's Pop Century Resort on Sunday evening, December 9th at 5.30 for our Hustle Teeny meet. We'll be meeting at the classic concoction section of the Everything Pop Food Court to fortify ourselves with Mike's favorite drink, the Blutini, before going to the lobby to engage in his favorite activity, the hustle, at his favorite resort, Disney's Pop Century Resort.
0: Mark, what about all of your favorites? I
1: have a hard time picking favorites. So (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll just quote Chance the Gardener from being there and say, I like to watch. (laughs)
0: So, if you want to be spontaneous and purchase wonderful swag that will make all of your neighbors jealous, well, your luck. Please go to the Mouse Planet Cafe Press Store and the Mouse Station Cafe Press Store at com slash mouseplanet and com slash station, respectively, and get the world-famous Mouse Planet Teddy Bear.
1: All right, so that'll wrap it up for today. Remember that we do have new shows just about every weekday. Don't forget to visit MousePlanet.com for park updates every Monday and fresh content every weekday. If you aren't already, for more Disney news, check out our Mouse Planet Watch podcast every Thursday, which is also available from our podcast page at MousePlanet.com slash podcast. You'll find our show notes in the show notes
0: column on the Mouse Planet site. They're also linked from the podcast page. Don't forget that our Owner's Locker Contest ends Sunday. So get those entries in soon. I still think Glow Coops is the way to go. We'd also like to thank our sound editor and audio engineer, Stephen Ng. We'll be back with Mouse Planet Watch tomorrow and listener feedback on Friday. Until then, I'm Mike Demopoulos, reminding you it takes people to make the dream a reality.
1: And I'm Mark Goldhaber, reminding you to live the magic every day. See you next
0: time. See you next time.